Hi guys, this is Karen Melvin from ToxicEscape.com and you're listening to Dan Kyo's Wellness Project Podcast. Welcome to episode 22 of the Dan Kill Wellness Project podcast. Thanks a million for tuning in this week. I really hope you enjoyed last week's episode with one of my favorite bands ever, Relish. They were so generous with their time and I can't thank them enough. So this week on the Wellness Project podcast, we have the wonderful Carl Melvin from Toxic Escape. Carl is a psychotherapist based in Dublin and he wanted to come onto the podcast to discuss his ideas on wellness and dysfunctional relationships and everything that goes along with that. Carl is an expert and trained nearly five or six years ago as a psychotherapist and has been practicing for the last three and a half years. So I think that you will find this episode particularly enlightening because psychotherapy is something that I'm training to do and I found it absolutely mind-blowing the insights that Carl could give based on all of his reading and all of his experience so I want you to sit back relax and really enjoy all of the little nuggets of information that Carl managed to give me on the day and hopefully you will take something away that will help you increase your wellness and just be that little bit happier Thanks a million, guys. Hey, guys, welcome to the Dan Kiel Wellness Project podcast. I was really excited about getting onto this podcast because I have the first guest on who is a practicing psychotherapist, public speaker, and creator of the nicest non-chocolate chocolate tart <laughs> that I've ever eaten in my life. Carl, how are you doing? Great, buddy. Good, good. Living the dream. Carl Melvin is, a, as I said, a psychotherapist, and he is... Owner and blogger on Toxic yeah, Escape. Is, is that is that ToxicEscape.com is exactly. your website. Yeah, exactly. So, as I said in the intro there, Carl, I'm so delighted that I do have, I'm not going to say fellow psychotherapist mm. because I still have a year to go on my dip and okay. I still have to do my master's. Sure. I've had a really strong interest in how other people live their lives, the decisions they make. Mm-hmm. It's what's led me down this path to be a mm-hmm. social care worker yeah. with Focus Ireland and also into my now third level study level nine in or level eight and nine in um in psychotherapy so toxic escape mm-hmm. tell me where the name toxic escape came from well it was originally meant to be toxic freedom um mm. but i couldn't get the domain toxicfreedom.com was gone so i had to come up with something else and it was toxic escape in the end but um i suppose it was at home and i was thinking i wanted to put something out there that reflected me and my thoughts about about family and specifically dysfunctional families and dysfunctional yeah. relationships in general and then how we all have this need to be free and to, to not be held back by relationships and, and make our own decisions. But very often we become so enmeshed in these relationships we lose sense of who we are yeah. and we have to find a way of breaking free. So it kind of started from that. And um, I think at the time, you know, I was working with clients and at the very first blog I ever wrote, it was actually, I was conscious that I'm in a room with a client and it's just me and them, but and nobody else is watching. And if you've never gone to psychotherapy before, you've no sense of what happens in the session. Mm. So I thought, well, maybe people, I need to open the door a little bit and let people know that this is what happens in a psychotherapy room. So, so that's how the blog came about. Yeah, that was the first and Did you yeah. set up a Facebook first or did you set the website up I first? did the WordPress website. So I'm, my background is in software development. So I was able to ah, do most okay. of the things myself. So I was, yeah, I built the WordPress website 
and then I kind of start to build up a, a very small following on Facebook. <laughs> well, it's about to explode. I don't mind telling uh, Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so how does one go from software development to yeah, practicing psychotherapist, sure. public speaker? That's what I want to know. Yeah, and it, it wasn't it wasn't a conscious decision, if I was honest with you. You know, I mean, I went to Tal IT, and I, I did my four years there, and... I got my first job, I got my second job, and you kind of go through the motions of life, you know, and I kind of realized that uh, IT is, 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 is a good career path, you know, mm. it's pretty secure and, you know, the money's pretty good and all that, but I wasn't happy per se, you know, mm. I didn't feel like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know, right. but you don't really know what else is out there, yeah. you know, you're kind of stuck in this rut and you just go through the motions of life and everything is fine and nothing bad happens, but you just, you know that there's something else out there, but um, life started to change then about 2006, 2007 and um, I just had people in my life who weren't very good for me and mm. uh, it was a pretty unhealthy relationship, there was a lot of narcissism, a bit of manipulation and the thing about any kind of dysfunctional relationship, it's not an overnight process. It's, yeah. It tends to creep in over days, weeks, months, and then over years. And it just kind of progressively took a downward spiral. And um, I think it was particularly bad around 2007. And I just kind of physically pulled back. I physically detached from the relationship. Okay. But, but that doesn't mean that you're okay. You know, you still love these people. You know, you still think about them all the time. You worry about them. So you're kind of stuck between two different places. One part, you know, knows that this is not a good relationship. I don't want to stay in it. Mm. But the other part of me knows that it's, it's, it's you know, I love them and I, I, mm. I miss them and I want to be close to them. And you do miss that attachment. So I think after about a year of feeling miserable and not knowing what to do, I ended up in psychotherapy. And oh, okay. um, so that was 2008. I, I went to a council for the first time myself. And it's funny because... I went to Aspen Council in Lucan Village, mm. and that's where I work now. Um, that's ah. the practice that I work in, and that again, that wasn't planned. That wasn't you know that wasn't part of the plan. It just yeah. kind of worked out. And even weirder than that is that my therapist at the time was a girl called Linda Balfe, and which and this breaks all conventions. She's my friend now, and this is not <laughs> something that you will see very often. It's not something that we encourage, but um, just two circumstances of me working there, and we got to know each other a little bit more. And she's been so supportive, especially in the last year and doing all this stuff here. Yeah. she's just been incredibly supportive. That's so, fantastic. so that kind of came from that, and then so we went to psychotherapy, and I loved it. It wasn't like anything I'd done before, you know. And I remember. When I first rang up, you know, I didn't know what CBT was. I didn't know what person-centered was. I didn't know yeah. any of the different types of approaches. And, I mean, I look back at it, it was kind of naive me. But I suppose you don't know these things. If you've, no, never, you've never studied these things or, you know, so... Um, well, I, particularly I think, given the arena of work and study that you yeah, come from, yeah, of course, yeah. how would you know? It's so different, you know, and it is. And it's funny how the term CBT is becoming more mainstream now. I think people know what it is. But back in 2008... There was no lust for life, you know, people yeah. like Brezzy weren't giving talks, so the awareness wasn't quite there. There's no so, wellness podcast. No, definitely no wellness <laughs> podcast, unfortunately. But um yeah. so that so I enjoyed that experience of going to a therapist and I thought, geez, this is this is different, like, you know, and so I went back to college in two thousand and nine and uh, like I did a foundation course, which is what a lot of the colleges kind of encourage you to do. Mm. I was lucky. Um, I got redundancy in my job. Right. And that kind of put me in a position where I could go back to college because yeah. As you probably know yourself, it's expensive. Yes. It's not a cheap process to go back no, to any course. But, certainly isn't. but with psychotherapy, I mean, you could be looking at three to four grand a year. 
on top of books, on top of personal therapy, which, exactly. you know, and depending on the course, I mean, I had to do 50 hours personal therapy. I don't know what, yeah. what you have to do. And, uh, it's 50 over two years. Yeah, it's a lot of money, like, so, you know. And, yeah. and then you start to practice, you know, because after about, I know for me, when I got about second, third year, I had to start working with clients and then you're looking at insurance. Yes. And then all and these your own other, supervision. Yeah, and all these exactly. Things. Supervision yeah. is the same as well. So it, is, it all kind of adds up. So mm. about 2009, I went back to college and I just loved it. Um, absolutely so that was the missing in. piece for you didn't? it kind of was and you but, dipped your toe back into the foundation yeah. course and how long into that did it take before you went yeah this is what I've been oh, I knew missing. straight away to be honest with yeah. you and I think the thing about any kind of foundation course is that there's always an element of group therapy and mm. there's, there's always going to be a personal development module and I think I really understood the power of group therapy as well and you're kind of it's the first time that you're in a group of strangers and you know it takes a lot of nerve to really share what's on your mind like yeah. what's really on your mind but when you do that and there's some person over there gives you a little nod and they're yeah. like because they, they agree with you because they're going through the same thing it's great comfort and in that it's, but it's validation as well you realise yeah. that you're not on your own yeah. I think that's the biggest thing when anyone is suffering anything you do feel like you're on your own it's mm. just you and that nobody else is going through this and it's ridiculous it's not true at all because everybody's going through something exactly and I, I, I know from watching your content mm. on the Toxic Escape mm. Facebook page that you still have times where you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. You've just developed a really good way of maybe nipping, yeah. nipping, nipping <laughs> it in the bud, say yeah. on the day, or giving yourself that day mm -hmm. to feel it, and then regrouping and starting the next day, yeah. which is something that I've developed. Yeah. To a little bit of an extent, certainly not to, to your level, because I'm just at the early part of my training. But I find that really interesting, where you don't let the spiral mm -hmm. completely wipe you out for weeks yeah. and weeks on end anymore. And it can do that, and it did do that for a long time that spiral of thought where you keep ruminating over this and they said this and that happened and I felt this way and we hold on to crap for mm -hmm. much longer than we need to our mind hold on to it yeah. you know and we are predisposed to negative thinking we're hardwired to it you know and mm -hmm. I, I think negative thinking it's a bit like chocolate like it's it's delicious you know it tastes nice at the time but it's not good for you in the long term you know <laughs> and we have to just learn to catch it but it is very hard we, we say these things and for even for me to be where I am now, this is the product of a lot of personal therapy and a yeah. lot of self, huge amount of self-reflection. Mm. I'm constantly self-monitoring. Yeah. And you have to do this all the time to find out where you are in relation to other people and with the relation to your own thoughts and how your feelings and yeah. all the different things and what you eat and the habits that you behave or you, you, you yeah. adopt. You know, they're yeah. all part of who you are, you know. And if I, I truly believe and from personal experience mm. that if you ignore any of those, yeah, yeah. that's where the difficulties come in. Yeah. So nearly gaining the awareness and being able to address all of those things, which can be quite overwhelming yeah. to the newbie, which yeah. I'm the newbie over the last couple of years. And I know a lot of people who are listening to a wellness podcast like the Danke Wellness Project yeah. may not have taken any sort of kind of step into their path of being aware of what they need to address you yeah. know so I, I believe that that can be quite overwhelming yeah. at the beginning but you gotta stick with it guys yeah you know it's really worth it mm -hmm. but you said it there a lot, a lot of people don't know what the problem is they know there's a problem but they not really know what the problem is and they just inside their own heads you hear people say like I, i'm mad i hear this a lot I, i'm i'm a bit mad or you know and, and like they're not mad they're just dealing with the same stuff that everyone else is dealing with yeah. but they're just they're not quite sure of what's happening and a lot of that is they don't have any context to it like where yeah. why are they the way they are you know what i mean like and they just quickly label themselves that there must be something wrong with me mm. because and it's that 
you know, we're predisposed to, to comparison so much. Mm. You know, we're always, you know, baselining us against somebody else mm. and someone else who is achieving or appears to be happy all the time. And why can't I be happy? Why can't I be achieving? Yeah. Why am I always the one that's worrying? Or why am I always the one that's single? That's when we hear a lot, like, you know, you know, people struggle with their relationships, you know, but again, it's, it's, it's a specific train of thought. It's, it's very kind of, um, it is obviously negative, but you're kind of feeding into a little bit of self-pity there as well. Okay. And everybody is predisposed to self-pity as well. And I mean, there's times I'm going to feel sorry for myself, but I know it doesn't get you anywhere. Nothing good comes from self-pity. Yeah. You have to nip it in the bud as quickly as possible and get back on track. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes a lot of practice to do that. And yeah. what, what catches me, I watch people a lot. I'm sure you do as well. you got people watching, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. And you just see how people live their lives so unconsciously. They're not really aware of what they're doing, like, mm-hmm. and, and what they're eating. And I see people eat, drinking Coke and, and eating chocolate and thinking thoughts that are not good for them and their behaviours and they're out drinking all the time and they're doing all these things. They're not really realising that they are doing potentially long-term damage. Maybe not necessarily to their physical health, but definitely to their mental health. Yeah. And but they're just going through the motions of life and what society does, and this is what we're meant to do. And we Saturday night you go out to the pub and you have a few drinks, and then you have a curry down, and you just do all the same things that everyone else does. You have a pizza and all the rest, but no one stops to question it. Yeah. You know. So what? What about the person who's listening now and saying, mm-hmm. "Fuck off, Carol. Look yeah. happy. Yeah, I'm and happy. That, who are you I, to I, judge I, me? I, I would not <laughs> tell if, if someone is happy. Then and that's great. Then don't change anything. You know, and I don't. I hate people that preach and I don't want to yeah. be that person. And this, uh, like I've said on all of these podcasts, yeah. where nobody's preaching from a hype. Yeah. This is just this is just discussion about what different people do yeah. to increase their own happiness and, and that's wellness. It. And, and it's the product of our own experiences and the stuff that we had to do with ourselves. Yeah. But um But what I would say back to that person yeah. who told you to feck off there <laughs> is really? Yeah. Really? Are, are you sure that there might be a couple of things that you couldn't change, yeah. you know, or look at being aware of mm-hmm that could increase your physical mm. and mental health. Yeah. And that's all I would say. But it's funny how we are so conf- conflicted sometimes and that there's, there's this duality. There's a part of us that knows we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. There's a part of us that knows that I shouldn't be eating this or I should be going to bed a bit earlier. Or, or sh- but yet there's another part of us that does it anyway. You know, and this oh, I can is, totally um, relate to oh, that. I, I think everyone can. It was funny. I was actually watching the thing with Tony Robbins the other day and there was a, some crazy statistic how it was 70%, only 70% of people who read anything um, if they don't apply what they've read within 90 days then they just throw it away okay. and that applies to everything it's whether it's self-help or any kind of educational program that you need to apply it immediately otherwise you'll lose it quite quickly okay. but we do we are incredibly self-destructive um, as a race of people you know you mentioned the word predisposition yeah. a few times already in right. this and it was self-pity and it was yeah, negative yeah. thinking I agree with that actually mm-hmm from my own perspective but I think that what you're saying there is completely accurate yeah, as yeah. well mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's yeah Go on with what you were saying anyway. But um, I've lost it now. Yeah, but we have to, it is that awareness inside ourselves and catching on track and, and, and saying, well, what am I doing now? Where am I now? What's happening in my life? Why am I unhappy? If people are listening to this and they're eating whatever they want to eat and they're happy, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, and if that if they're fine, they're fine. There's no problem. And it, again, it's not our job to be creating problems when there's no problems there. Yeah. It's only when it is a problem for people, when it's holding people back from making the right decision or... um bringing the right people into life or pushing out the wrong people yeah. or if they are they go and get a medical and their blood pressure's through the roof and everything mm. else then then you start to question it you know yeah. and but even at that it, it's not an easy thing to change but you need to have a strong enough motivation you know we yes. were talking about why you I don't a tipping need point. you do need a tipping point I don't eat sugar out of necessity because of a, a stomach problem but I would still 
crave sugar. Mm. I will still want to have it, yeah. but I will suffer if I eat it. In yeah. the same way that, you know, people start to become aware of their negative thinking and then they start to see the payoff of what happens when they do feed into those negative thoughts. They do mm. become anxious. They become lethargic, tired. Yeah. Their attitude changes. They kind yeah. of ask themselves, what's the point? They have to make that connection between this is the negative consequence of this behavior yeah. and they need a good enough reason to do it. And sometimes we have to go outside ourselves. You know, it's very, even people who are struggling with depression or anything else, you know, it, it's a huge struggle inside themselves to find reasons to change. And that's why you need such a strong support network. You need people in your yeah. life who love you. And if you can't do it for you, maybe you can do it for your kids, for your yeah. wife, for your family, you know. Whatever the motivation yeah. is, there has to be a real motivation. Big there. time, big time. I mean, I, I would call myself, and maybe this is, it's maladaptive to say mm. this about myself, mm. but I would call myself a highly functioning depressive Okay, okay. <laughs> now, this is not going to turn into a psychotherapist <laughs> session, I promise. I have my own therapist for that. But um, Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get me started. But, um, yeah, a highly functioning depressive in that, you know, I, I very often do manage to catch myself in the yeah. negative thought patterns. Yeah. And what I do, as I had a course of CBT about four or five years ago, and mm. Claire taught me to find the evidence yeah and that stuck with me for my my course cbt i thought it was yeah. excellent i have a personal preference towards psychotherapy the psychotherapy end of things yeah, yeah. humanistic that's yeah. the way i see my career as a psychotherapist going yeah. but i did find the cbt and for those we've mentioned that uh, quite a few times here it's cognitive behavioral therapy for those that don't know i found that so effective mm. and now where i would have had a couple of weeks or a month of really really bad days yeah now i have maximum two days yeah three tops yeah because i'm constantly looking for the evidence and yeah. actually what i've started telling myself is that's not real yeah imagine saying to yourself know, that's yeah. not real yeah and i actually say it out yeah. loud. <laughs> man come on that's not real yeah. you know so there are i think a lot of techniques mm -hmm. That you can use, yeah. you know. You're right. It, it's interesting what you said there about challenging our own reality. You know, and yeah. we all have very active imaginations, but it's been able to separate what we think from the actual reality of the engagement. <laughs> and I mean, we project so much, you know. And, and you look at every, you know, every life experience you've had up to now. It's still with you. You may not consciously remember, but it is stored in, in part of your memory system. Yeah. And it's t it also mapped to specific emotions. Yeah. So if I was to sit here and look at you a specific way. You know, you may associate, and you may it may trigger a feeling inside you, an uncomfortableness, or an mm. anger, or anything else. Yeah. You will associate it with me, but it has nothing to do with me. Mm. It's been there from before, and that's why. In terms of approaches that I use, I mean, I love CBT as well. I think okay. it's very effective. Yeah. But I've changed a good bit in terms of how I've evolved as a psychotherapist. And when I started off. I love CBT and particularly REBT. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that. Rational, and, um, motive. rational motive. And I still love it. I love Albert Ellis is the guy that founded yeah. it. And he's a real, he just has a great attitude. He yeah. hadn't took no crap. You know, you'd see him working with clients. He'd be swearing and all that. <laughs> but he just, but he, he used to do that on purpose to take, to take the sting away from the emotion that the person was dealing with, you know. Okay. But, um, so but how, then, how did you evolve from that REBT, yeah. CBT to what it is that you're, yeah, it's 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 funny because it is an organic process, but I kind of you kind of realize that it wasn't the tools. 
it was me, I was the tool. And this is something that you hear many psychotherapists talk now, that it's 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 me as a person, it's my my attitude, my reactions to them, it's the eye contact, it's the verbal cues, it's the it's how physically how I sit. Yeah. But it's been able to empathize with them. You know, it's the three core yeah. conditions, um person centered, you know, this is yeah. the foundation of, of any good therapy, you know. It it's it less I personally feel it's less to do with any specific technique and more to do with me as a human being. Yeah. And we're two people, we're trying to make sense of something, you know. Yeah. And the closer I can get to your work world and what you're dealing with then maybe together we can make sense of it and then and then they leave and this isn't about me fixing people mm. because i don't think you can really truly fix somebody no. you could but you can help them understand the way they are again it's that word context is so important to me mm. give them context to their own life and you're you're, you're this way because maybe this happened yeah. or maybe that happened and then they can walk away and it just when something comes up again it's not a huge problem. We don't awfulize it. That's a term yeah. Albert Ellis used to do. Is we, we make things worse because yeah. there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You're human and you're this way because maybe this happened or maybe that happened. And then and then they let go of it much quicker and they just move on with their life. I, re- yeah. I absolutely, like you, it could be Carl Rogers sitting here mm-hmm. in front of me, you know, because that's the way he describes yeah, therapeutic yeah. relationship, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, empathy, unconditional positive mm-hmm. regard, congruence, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Three core conditions and... I really love the way you did transition from you giving the client tools mm-hmm. to you being the tool yeah, in yeah. the nicest possible. You're not, yeah, you're not a tool girl. <laughs> I've been called a tool plenty of times <laughs> no, now. Possibly by clients as well. That's a different podcast. <laughs> but I really love that, you know. Yeah. And So that was an organic thing for you. Yeah. You, you, you shifted from nearly from one end of the spectrum to the other. And that's it. But it, again, we have so many influences as well. And you, you will inhale books. You will be reading so much information. Mm. But one thing that will also change your approach is also the therapist that you go to personally. Mm. And I've had a few different therapists over the years. And they all had different approaches. Some were much more, they just kind of listened a lot more and it gave me that space. Yeah. Well, my preference of a therapist was the one that challenged me. That says they didn't let me away with things that questioned everything. But um, the last therapist I had was a guy called Lee McGrath and he was amazing. And he introduced me to the work of John Bradshaw. I don't know if you ever read the book Homecoming. No, and it's it this notion and it's it maybe it's a cliche now, but the whole inner child notion about we have a part of our personality which and and it, it's really a reflection of our developmental needs mm. when we're a child the need for approval, the anxiety that we feel when we're talking in public um the, the need to agree to people all the time, worrying about what people think and it's it's you know I kind of studied it a little bit more after Red Homecoming and it actually relates back to a field of study called transaction analysis. I don't know if you've heard of that. And it basically the way it works is it describes that we have an ego. And our ego is our personality and it's every experience we've had up up to this moment in our life. But it transitions between three different states based on exchanges or transactions that we happen with other people. So right now we're in adult mode. We're talking to each (laughs) other. You know, you're calm, you're paying attention, you have a strong sense of you, I have a strong sense of me, there's no problems. But if let's say you're in work Mm. and you come across someone who has who's kind of an authoritative figure Mm. and straight away it starts to evoke feelings inside yourself. You're like Oh my, and, and maybe it brings you back to a time when you, it was a teacher that was standing over you that was giving out to you. It could be a parent, it could be a grandparent, it could yeah. be anybody. And it, it just brings us back to that state and it brings up the associated feelings. Okay. So when people say the inner, the inner child, there's no actual child inside you, but it refers to your psychological reality at any one time. But then the other stage, the other state is a parental state. And, and that could be when, um, let's say you're 
you know, you're doing so, you, you know, your girlfriend says you go over there and, and, and cook the dinner or clean up and you're making a mess of it yeah. and they get, they, they start giving out to you yeah. and start being critical. They could be mimicking behaviours that they learned at home from their own parents. They observed all these experiences and, you know, we're, our attachment is so close to our parents and we yeah. do adopt their behaviours sometimes, again, completely unconsciously yeah. and, and then that triggers a parental stay but then you slip back and you would ideally as quickly as possible, you slip back to an adult mode and you kind of catch yourself and thought, yeah, look, sorry if I was a bit... <laughs> inevitably ends up with an apology well you would hope so uh, <laughs> exactly but in the same way that you know you see people who are they're excessively agreeable you know and they're like and, and then they walk away thinking why did I agree to that like yeah. the biggest thing is, is setting boundaries and saying no to people mm. um, a lot of people struggle with that and again I try to find out well, what state do you think you're in at that one point and if mm. you can catch the state it means you can catch your reactions to behaviors that are associated with that and yeah. then calm down and relax and you may even if you're like you don't feel strong enough to say no i'm not doing that now but look, you might yeah. say well look give me a bit of time and let me think about it yeah or i'll get back to you later on you can eventually slip back into an adult state and then you make an adult decision what what do i actually want to do here forget what they want yeah and forget what everybody else wants yeah. what's the best thing for me so we're, we're back to awareness then Absolutely. So, but it's, this is just context. You're right. It's everything is awareness at the end of the day, and but that's what all these different theories. And I mean, there's so many different types of theories. It now. can be overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. So many Big different types. approaches. Am I yeah. right? And you do have to kind of lock into a few different things. Now, I think for me, I I do try to assimilate everything mm-hmm. as best I can because it just broadens your own awareness and your aware of what the client may be going through. Because sure. it's not fair to pick one theory. And then try to make the client fit into no. it. Because you know, genetically we're so unique. So you yeah. can't say that every theory, CBT does not work for everybody. Yeah. You know, per, whereas person centered may not be appropriate. Some people really need that directive approach and they yeah. need tools to work for them, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, I do a lot of attachment theory as well. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, of course. And, yeah. and it's fascinating stuff again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to bring that in, especially when my clients are very anxious. Mm. Um, I try and get a sense of what was that in that those first one thousand days like, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of research now about how important those one thousand yes. days are. And they, they dictate the rest of your life, you know. Yes. Yeah. You know I think that you're right about, you know, I would say the vast majority of people who are listening will have had some experience with some sort of therapy. Yeah. Um you really have to you cannot pigeonhole yourself as a therapist yeah. into one approach. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where the integrative mm-hmm. um no the notion of being an integrative mm-hmm. psychotherapist, I think, mm-hmm. is one that's gonna be the most successful because yeah. whilst you say you try and absorb everything yeah you're not going to absorb everything but i think having that open mind of course yeah will help that organic process of your growth as a psychotherapist which is fantastic because there are a lot of uh psychotherapists and i think who are who are set in their way absolutely i've had this i've had disagreements with people Mm. who are so locked into a a methodology or a framework and Mm. and they'll they'll argue you know that this is it and this is all you need and you don't need anything else and I, I, the only thing I do wonder what their experience is then like you know have you only yeah. ever worked with a certain type of client that you're working mm-hmm. with and I mean I'm I'm still new to this I'm only practicing three and a half years like you yeah. know and to me I'm still a complete baby to this like I mean there's people who are doing this 20 odd years and I'm still learning and I'm still growing and but but when you love it you don't mind yeah, but the, pra- the pragmatic Carl Melvin yeah. will be practicing 22 years I hope so and still having that attitude yeah. do you know what I mean you mm-hmm. may not be saying I'm still new to this mm-hmm. but I'd say, sorry, I'm just, I'm still eating the rest of the uh, tart that Carl brought. And we will be giving the recipe out at the end of this, don't worry. Um, what I'm saying is, you know, you have to have an openness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To all the different theories, mm-hmm. because 
otherwise you're gonna cut yourself off from yeah what that person needs yeah exactly mm-hmm. and and we can't be closed off and I, I meet people who are closed off but there's a reason why they're closed off and it is an element of defensiveness there as well mm. defending their stance they're defending their beliefs or it is you know and you will meet people who, who you know, I mean I ha- I love these type of conversations and I have people of all not, not do with psychotherapy it could be religion it could be any kind of beliefs yeah. and I and I, again, I don't like to preach, and I don't challenge people's beliefs. You know, everyone is entitled to believe what they like, but yeah. but they have to be open to a discussion about it. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, and when I, I even quite recently I met a born again Christian, very passionate about his beliefs. You know, this is something he discovered later on in life, mm. and you know, and for him, his context is religion and, and Jesus Christ, and it's not my context, but he's entitled to believe what he wants to believe, and and we had an open conversation about, it and there was, and we different, we had different opinions. But yeah. That's not a problem. Look, we don't no. have to agree all the time. Look, you right. know. It's, it's not about agreeing it's about being respectful that we're all different and we have all these different ideas and, yeah. and whatever works for you works and having a non-judgmental yeah. approach to yeah. not just your work not just mm-hmm. my work not mm-hmm. just to people yeah yeah. but it's hard to not judge sometimes oh, yeah. you know we, are, we all have well can I just say there's a big difference between having a non-judgmental approach mm-hmm. and never judging true yeah because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Killer for judging. We sometimes. do it. So catch you know, myself in it. Yeah, I, it's funny because I had this conversation on Saturday, and I think what I sometimes do is I judge judgmental people. If I if I catch <laughs> if I catch them, um, if I see someone like that, look at this, look at that, and look at this, and I I find myself like, who are you to judge them? Like you know, but but then I have to catch that as well. That's just human nature, you know. <laughs> it's a good one. It's, yeah. it's like Inception. It is a bit of meta meta judgment exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people are going to be listening to this episode. 23 of the Don Quixote Wellness Project podcast and asking Carl tell me how do I, how do I fix myself oh, stop will you like you know that's that's who can answer that question yeah. you know I don't think I don't think it's about fixing yourself you know because I don't feel fixed mm. you know but what I feel is I'm very comfortable with the way I am mm. you know the experiences I've had in life you know I mean my parents split up when I was seven and I still feel that mm. that hasn't gone away that's part of who I am now and in the past, it drove a lot of my decisions. It did drive me to be needy for love. And I, and I look back now and, and that has changed. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I have needs, like all of us have mm. needs, but I wouldn't describe myself as needy anymore because yeah. I, if I have a need, I express it. I don't chase after it. And if it, if it isn't getting messed, then I will, I'll, and if I, can't, if I can, can't express it in a healthy way, then I just move on to a different scenario where I can get my needs met. Yeah. You know, and, and how our needs change over time as well. Mm. Um, I found now my biggest need is freedom now you know some people need love they need belonging they need to feel yeah. like they're part of a group some people security. need security fun these are all choice theory uh, yeah. glasses for me it's, it's I need freedom especially now that toxic escape has started now I need to know that the people who are who are in my life are, are not holding me back and I'm very lucky nobody is doing that but I would be annoyed that would kick me off if I'm working on someone and someone says, here, get away from that and go over yeah. and do this, says, no, I'm, this is important, I need to do this. Yeah. And that's very strong in me now and I won't be held back. You know, I yeah. won't. And, and and again, but that's changed obviously because in the past it would have been security because I was a chronic warrior for such a huge part of my life. Mm. So I was constantly craving security. You know, so you'd say somebody and you start laughing and then you walk away thinking, oh, geez, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And you go yeah. back and they go, don't be telling anyone I said that. And <laughs> all these type of behaviors, you know, looking for peace of mind, that's less of a problem now. You know, in terms of love, 
again I'm lucky because I, I you know because I, I, I dealt with that part of me that needed love yeah. I, I started bringing all the right people in my life and I mean I was single for years before I met my girlfriend Tracy yeah. you know and, yeah. and I mean and it was the perfect time perfect synchronicity in terms of where I was mm. in my life you know I was single for five years and you go on dates and you kind of yeah. again you go through the motions and it's tough you mm. know uh, meeting the right person and I feel sorry for anybody who's single now to be mm. honest with you because even though you have all these mediums now you know you have the internet dating and everything else it doesn't make it any easier you know um, it actually seems harder because this idea that the grass is always greener and that yeah. you know people are just afraid to commit now mm. but um, you see you come across that a lot do you yeah you I see practice? that you know I see that so much like you know and with guys and girls you know and it just and, and people's expectations are unrealistic as well sometimes you know they you hear people of girls saying you know the guy hasn't texted me in two days I'm going to dump and that's it like I'm like no you, you know I, I'll say it I will challenge them mm. do you want the relationship but you, you know maybe the guy is working like he doesn't want to see it come across too um, yeah. too keen like you know so you have to be open to a relationship but um but us, 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 <laughs> no, but us, us millennials, I think it's it's a really important point to make. You mm-hmm. were talking about, the, you know, you, you get people coming to you and the grass is always green. Yeah, and yeah. We were talking about kind of, there's nearly too many mediums through yeah. which you can meet people. Yeah. I mean, when me and you were growing up in the 80s, it was yeah. like, and mm-hmm. 90s, there mm-hmm. was teenage discos. Yeah, yeah. And there was, like, I didn't have a mobile phone until I was, I'd done my leaving search. Yeah. I was 18 when I got yeah, my first yeah. mobile, and I certainly weren't sending pictures on that That's thing. That's right, yeah. Do you remember the old Ericsson's with the, yeah, with yeah. the hard area <laughs> on, and you could change the, the color of the keypad? That's right. That was yeah. like the extent of it. Exactly. I think, and it's something that I haven't really formulated in my head yet, but there's a real issue with social media yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Now, People who are listening to this who know me know I'm a fiend for posting mm. on Facebook. Just it's funny things stuff, that I though. Find, things that I find yeah. funny. Oh, yeah, because yeah. we've become friends yeah. recently. But you use it, though, in a positive way. Yeah. I try to, but I am, like, there's, there is a problem with it, I think, mm. out there. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if you get a lot of social media-based problems in yeah. your, your counselling. Do you? More so with the younger generation, you know, they're kind of, they're just addicted to this you know, you have to understand, like, when you get a like on Facebook, you know, it has a psychological effect inside you. It actually, yeah. it, it, you get a dopamine hit. In the same way you get it from a, a bar of chocolate or something else, and it becomes addictive. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, you're like this, looking at her phone. It's actually interesting to say that, because I, I was working with a girl for a little while, and she was breaking up with a guy. Um, and she was so independent until she met this guy. Mm. And she fell mad from quite quickly. But he was chronically unfaithful. Like he was ripping her off quite a bit, and and she wanted out of this relationship. But she kept going back in, and she was at a point now where she had decided that she wanted to be out of it. Yeah. But she was just kept looking at her phone, kept looking at her phone, hoping okay. that he texts. Maybe he'll text now, maybe. And that's it's it's not her nature. So she was getting something from yeah. that behavior. Yeah. So we had to explore what what is it you're getting from this? Is it yeah. you know? And and yeah, again, we had to go a lot deeper. Like we ended up yeah. going back to our own childhood with her permission. Which yeah. I'm just saying that now it's important with the pro the approach that I use. Okay. I do delve into people's childhoods and, and you know, and I don't try to intentionally bring up hurtful feelings. Yeah. But we have to get to the root of things, but I don't do until I get a measure of approval or they yeah. have to get permission before you do this because you know, our it's clients are very vulnerable. It's not something you go into in the first no, session. It's not. You've got to and build that trust. But people are vulnerable, like, you know, mm. and they're not coming in for no reason and we have to respect that. Yeah. But before we started to go back to a lot of our issues with her, with her father and our, yeah. our parents were separated mm. she was quite young and, you mm. know, and she was, 
And this is, she's such a, a great person. She's everything going for herself. She's just in this unhealthy relationship yeah. and it's just finding her get a sense of what she needed from that relationship so she can pull back. And the thing about a lot of unhealthy relationships is that there's it, not always you get a happy resolution. Mm. You know, you watch films and people meet up and, you know, and look, I'm, I'm sorry I hurt you and I'm sorry <laughs> I did this and yeah. that you have a hug and you walk off and yeah. that's great now, but that isn't the reality, yeah. you know. Well, the same um, way the opposite in, in media and movies mm. isn't the reality with no. people you know the way love is portrayed yeah. and the way relationships certainly are portrayed now there are a couple of movies that get it more on the they are now, yeah. but yeah. in general mm -hmm. it's not accurate no no and I suppose that would have been our media wouldn't have been absolutely we yeah. how old are you Carl I'm 38 now yeah I'm 35 so films and TV yeah, were, yeah. were our media they whereas, were they were escapism as well yeah. you know I mean I'm a massive film fan now to be honest yeah. with you and and I look, I, I I run a film club with a group of people that I know, and we were starting to go to all these old films from the 80s. And I mean, these films bring up so much feelings inside me because it was escapism. Mm. I watched that, The Force Awakens trailer came out, <laughs> and I nearly cried, to be honest with you. Now, I am a Star Wars fan, but it, it was. But again, I, I think back, why am I feeling this way? And it's yeah. because I, I remember my parents were splitting up, and yeah. you do escape to, yeah. to films, films big time films like Tron and Blade Runner yeah. and all these things from the I went to Dune the other day and the Lighthouse oh, and all these you know and like, it just so in a positive up. way and in a challenging way exactly yeah, yeah. they bring up all the emotions they do but Fred I mean, Cook was sitting in your exact position really? when we discussed Santa Claus the movie yeah uh, and I still watch Home Alone yeah, yeah because yeah. it brings me back would, to yeah, an yeah. unbelievably comforting time yeah, yeah not necessarily in my life but it represents a huge comfort mm. as Christmas does to a lot of people um, yeah. and that's something that I can relate to in, in relation to being in my own therapy and talking yeah. about I know you said the child inside isn't mm. really it's not really a it's child not a physical inside. thing it's, it's, a, it's a psychological state as, yeah, you, as exactly. you put it so beautifully but mm. um, yeah it's there's something very enriching from mm. that yeah. and being open to it but yeah. on, the, on the other side of it it can be quite painful as well it's incredibly painful and, and people go their life avoiding it and not mm. going to that place and I understand that you know I can completely understand that because it, it does open a can of worms uh, it can be very hard to contain and back to what we were talking about before about me and being fixed mm. you know I carry this really well do you know what I mean I carry the, the days when I do have bad days when, yeah. when I feel a bit of heartbroken where I feel anxiety I feel stressed mm. I carry it really well you would never know that there was anything yeah. wrong with me mm. you know and and I but but I'm okay with it as much as anybody else being okay with it I'm okay with it and there's days where I might need to talk about it and I do and I'll talk yeah. to my girlfriend about it yeah. you know my girlfriend lives in Limerick at the moment she's a trainee solicitor but we check in all the time yeah. like you know yeah. and with each other just how are you getting on and how mm. are things and and it's funny because even quite recently uh, someone in my life the, the person I actually got involved in psychotherapy in the first place rang me completely out of blue ah, okay. and and it it brought it up brought up feelings you know and, and instantly it, instantly mm. you know and it's and it but it was an interesting experience i'm actually kind of glad it happened because when you do so much work on yourself and unless you're challenged you don't know how much work you've actually done change is a funny thing you know and like let's say you're going to the gym all the time and you're losing weight but you only really notice it when you put on your clothes yeah. you know or when someone says something to you psychological change is no different you don't really see it in yourself uh, other people make comments you, just, you seem happier you seem mm. a little bit better you seem a little bit more focused and they make all these little observations but if, you know but I, I never really changed inside myself I changed but externally you would other than the fact that I'm a yeah. bit more focused you would never have noticed there was anything wrong with me mm. but it, this was important for me just to see 
right, here we go now. This has happened yeah. now, and how am I going to deal with this? And I went inside myself for about a day. Mm. Um, it was a very late call, so the following day was a Saturday, and myself and my girlfriend said, well, we're going to go into town and just have a day in town. Yeah. And it was just, and I'm, I, I didn't withdraw. That was the biggest thing for me, because my, I, my, that was my habit. I right, withdrew completely. And I knew that's not fair, my girlfriend. You know, it's not fair that something has happened. Not, there has nothing to do with her. Yeah. And I would draw into my world. Yeah. And so having her around is, is so important. And that's why we need people around yeah. us all the time. But the biggest mistake, and I'm going to just give one advice to people who are studying psychotherapy, yeah. is that the biggest mistake I made is that, especially when I was in college and I was doing my hours, is that I lived on my own. And I had no girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And I was complete. So I had too much time to withdraw. And you get lost in yourself sometimes. You get lost in that sense of because you know you're studying all these theories and you're trying to apply them to yourself. And you, you'll do your own head in to be quite honest with you. And I did my own head in <laughs> trying to make sense of what was going on with me. It wasn't until later on I realized that this is not a cognitive problem. There's nothing wrong with my rational thinking. It was an emotional problem yeah. that my mind is trying to make sense of, and it can't. Yes. You know, it just can't. And once you make peace with that, and then you just you don't try to overanalyze things. And yeah. analysis paralysis is this yeah. term you hear so much. Yeah. You yeah. get out of your head and you just experience how you feel. I, I don't think that that is just um, you know something that trainee psychotherapists. Mm, you're right. Everybody go yeah. through. I I know it is a forum in which it's easy for it to happen. Yeah. And you know I have to catch myself as well yeah. so I don't go into analysis yeah. paralysis yeah. which is a beautiful phrase by the way I think it's more common mm. than we could ever imagine yeah do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Like all of that time regardless of how many people you have around you you're you're in control of what you're thinking mm -hmm. but a lot of people won't realize that they can have that choice that yeah. control and the analysis paralysis is causing yeah. problems all yeah. over the shop it in is. relationships in the workplace mm. you know mm. how you view yourself yeah so how can people limit yeah analysis paralysis like it's, what, it, what do you say to people who are engaged in it it's funny i had a client for a while and um she was a big warrior now she'd actually she she came in because of claustrophobia she she mm. had a bad and again this is the interesting thing you'll find with psychotherapy is that people come in with a problem and you know again I try and go back and try and find experiences that might map to this. Mm. And she was like, no, nothing at all. Like, you know, and we, we worked together for probably about seven sessions until she'd realized, and she'd suffered claustrophobia. She'd realized that she was locked in the shed when she was seven years of age and she was left there for four hours and no one came to her. No one told her mm. that. And she, she didn't know when she was getting out of this shed and it was black. She couldn't see out. Now, I'm not saying that's what it was. No, but, but she had completely been, forgotten about it. But she had completely <laughs> forgotten about this. And we were like, well, you know, maybe this was something. But worry was a big thing for her. And she had all these mental defenses. And I do a lot of meditation with my clients. And sometimes okay. it's it's visualization. And sometimes it's just staying grounded. And I want to, but I, she had these defenses were so rock solid that I, and I'm, I'm sitting there and I, I meditate with them, but I don't go fully into that place because I need to yeah. be with them. And I'm, and I open my eyes a little bit and I'm looking at her and I know she's not doing that. She's just sitting there waiting for me to finish, <laughs> you know, and, and that's okay. But I, I knew that she just, she could not get out of her headspace. Right. Um, eventually, and, and I'd say to her, you know, she would talk about her worry. And she, she kept saying, oh, I wish I didn't worry. And I'm saying to you, you have a choice. Mm. You know, worries is an unconscious behavior. You know, we don't necessarily choose to worry. It's a defense mechanism, but we do have choices with the worry. 
You know, we can decide to challenge it, we can, or we can decide to just let it go. Mm. And that's what works for me. I don't engage with my mind. If so, if, if my mind goes to a place where mm. I think this is not good for me, I tell myself I don't want to think these thoughts, and yeah. I and I let it go. And that takes discipline and it takes a lot of practice. I mean, there are tools. CBT is a great one. That's what it's for. It's for mm. challenging unhealthy thinking and all these limiting beliefs. And 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 they can be effective for some people. In others, it actually empowers those thoughts. Yeah. It becomes this vicious cycle where you start giving attention and it actually creates this kind of snowballing yeah. effect and they actually grow. Even though you're trying your best to challenge them, you're actually empowering them. For me, yeah. I just felt that, no, I'm not going to go to that place. And again, It takes practice. It takes practice. And the context that works for me, again, I keep using that word, is that it's I important. imagine... It's very important. But I remember me when I was seven. And I have a strong sense of me when I was four, five, six or seven, what it must have been like for me lying in my bedroom, you know, at the time I was an only child, looking up, worrying about mm. all these crazy things. And I thought, well, that's, you know, how would I, what would I say to that kid now? Yeah. You know, and again, the visualization that I do with my clients, I, I bring them back to that place and I say to them, what, how, how would you treat that it's, child That's now? very powerful. Yeah. That's very powerful. Works. It's very effective as well. And people start to, they start to be much kinder to themselves. They start to reconnect with their own childhood and how, how tough it might have been for them or that yeah. sense of loneliness and, isolation and, and you know not having anyone there to, to, to give them peace of mind you know yeah. and, and, and that's what we need this is a whole nature versus nurture argument you know d d nature we are predisposed to worry but if you're brought up in a nurturing environment where your parents say you don't need to worry mm. it will limit it you will still that. worry yeah. but it will limit it but if you didn't have that then that you have that space to worry and to keep worrying over yeah. and over and over yeah. you know and it's just being able to nurture that part of our personality it's you know? beautiful Mm. So I'm getting kind of choked mm. up a little bit <laughs> listening to you talk about that because that's yeah. a very personal thing yeah, to you yeah. but it's so unbelievably powerful and when we're talking about wellness mm. we're talking about yeah. what you do mm -hmm. Carl Melvin mm. to catch yourself in your negative mm. thought patterns yeah. you go deep mm. you have you've to. developed a procedure mm. through which you go deep and mm. you connect with that yeah. four, five, six, seven year old mm -hmm. and what an amazing way to turn that experience around yeah. for the betterment of yourself now it's alchemy this is the term that you hear so many times it's turning the shit of your life into gold you know it's turning <laughs> the bad things into good things you know and it's it's possible you can do it like you know but unfortunately you have to really own the bad things you have to accept everything that has happened yeah. in your life and the mistakes that you've made and yeah. the stupid things that you did and times when you, you said stupid things or hurt people because you know you can't go through your life and not hurt other people in the same way you can't go through life and not get hurt mm. you know that's just part of being human and so there's an acceptance there that's required of course it is absolutely you know it's beautiful mm. seriously that is just so so nice but i find um reflecting on my childhood is particularly important when i'm given public speaking or i'm in front of a group of people because Nothing will trigger a child stay inside you quicker than standing in front of a hundred people. <laughs> and you do all that anxiety and your heart starts to race and your mind's running away with itself. And I, I again I tried to imagine, look, that little part is my little buddy is beside me here and he, and I'm saying, Don't worry, it's fine. Don't mind these people. They're 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 the same as you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're they they do not they can not see you're anxious. Mm. They can't see and they're just interested in what you have to say. Yeah. You know, and, and it is, and that's the biggest thing. It, it's the Did you have a fear of Public speaking. Of course, who doesn't yeah. have a fear of public speaking? I think I, I, I mean, some people handle it better, but everybody is is struggles with it. And um, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm much better than I was. Like you know, and yeah. now you, you have to take yourself out of it. It's not about you. Yeah. Of course, you feel like it's about you because of all these emotions and all these things that are triggering up. But it's not about you. It's about the information, and it's helping all these people who are in front of you. You know, yeah. um. 
and, and but the only way to get through is your constant exposure and your brain will adapt to the scenario of so many eyes looking at you at one time mm-hmm. and you kind of you, you will get lost you see some all it really takes for me is that when I'm talking to people and one person gives me a little nod yeah. and then like yeah okay I'm, yeah. I've, I've, one person is, is knows what I'm trying to say or, yeah. and I'm not talking crap here yeah. and, and, and that's okay and then I can work from that mm. but um the public speaking part of it happened very by accident because um, I literally got a phone call in, I think, I don't know when it was, this year, and it was from the IFA, the Irish Farmers Association, and they, someone in the IFA had emailed me, just they were thinking of getting involved in psychotherapy, it's yeah. actually linked in, I said, well, yeah, look, yeah. I, I'm great buddy, that's brilliant, and I just told him, this is how I did it, and yeah. this is what you do, and this is the college I went, and how much it costs, and all that, like, and he's like, oh cool, thanks a minute, no problem, thought nothing more of it. Yeah. The IFA had a talk with about 130 dairy farmers and they had a guy that they used and he wasn't available. So they stayed just as quick as we'll give Carl a show. I yeah. literally had like three days to prep no a talk in front of 130 people. And it was probably a good thing probably that I didn't have thing. to. Yeah, it was, I like, didn't have time to be there. Because you would have gone back to analysis yeah. paralysis. It is, you know, and, and, and it, it, but it's, it's, it's crazy. This, you know, all of a sudden you, you give the talk. And I think you had Aoife on before. Yeah. And Aoife was talking about this situation now means that she had to prep material as well. That's right. And that, that's another part of it then. All of a sudden I have to prep really good looking professional looking slides yeah. I have to really you know I, I know how I work with my clients mm. but that's I have to formalise it in a way which is presentable which people can take away yes. so it does it forces you to just think a little bit into more depth about how you're going to project this information what these people need to hear how it might apply to them so that was incredibly positive it was a great reaction and um, I mean it was funny because they're all farmers from, from all over the country like and <laughs> I always do a QA at the end because um you know not everyone I know that a lot of these people will not go to therapy mm. but they have questions sure. and I didn't know if I get any questions and I got about four and I was really happy that I got four questions you know but again they're all dealing with the same stuff you know yeah. um, social isolation is probably the biggest problem mm. that, with, that, with that yeah exactly yeah. with any kind of world but again that's you know, that's not a rural problem that's a social problem you know there's people living in flats in, in, in Northside who are, feel just as isolated as yeah. someone who lives in the farm down in West Cork like, yeah. and there's nobody around them for miles you know it's it's a social problem you know yeah, but, um, exactly. but again it's and nice not, to be not helped by social media sometimes no it's not because it's comparison dude you know everyone's like oh look this, at this person having a great time I think that's at the heart of it I oh, think that's at the heart of it yeah it's comparison yeah and if you don't catch yourself in yeah. that dynamic of comparing yourself yeah. whether it's for good mm. to build yourself up or yeah. drag or drag yourself down yeah or drag someone else down yeah it's poison it is poison you know and everyone gets it like you know i follow different athletes and i mean uh, i see the abuse that they get sometimes they're just putting out what they do you know yeah. in terms of the go a lot of people go to the gym and these are mm. top athletes and part of their persona is showing their training videos yeah. and and sometimes they get a lot of criticism for for narcissism and i don't really think that's their not their intention no you know um but again it's just people look at other people having lives and and you know it's just this it's a, it's wrong do you know what I mean they're not seeing the reality of what's happening in that person's life you know and mm. even on LinkedIn you see all different things people talks and, and different things like and it's great I'm happy to see them yeah. but the reality is that it's not all that great it's no, it's, it's, it's it good is. it just is you know in any moment <laughs> but emotions are heightened and like, oh look at this person this mm. and look at that person someone's have to take a picture of them are they doing great and I wish yeah. I was them but in that moment they're just happy that this is happening and then they yeah. move on like well that's know? why I think as like with social media or with you know doing podcasts or like with anything where you're in a situation where you're comparing yourself 
to someone else, whether it's through social media, whether it's in a relationship, mm. whether it's a friend, whether mm. it's a family member, mm. you got to turn the spotlight on yourself. Mm, of course, yeah. What is it that I'm annoyed about with that person mm-hmm. that I don't like about myself? Mm, yeah, that's now, it. And it is a reflection. Most that's of tough. Life. Yeah, that's it is tough. tough Nobody likes to shine a light on himself. <laughs> Nobody likes Especially to. not when it's challenging no. yourself. Yeah. Nobody likes that, you know, and, and people do shy away from it, you know, and, um, but every, again, everybody does it from time to time. I do it from time to time. I look at people who are, who, who are like light years ahead in their career, but yeah. the, the way I ground up is that you have to look at where they are, you know, in, in terms of, I mean, you're, you've launched this podcast a while and your growth has been exponential, mm. but you can't compare yourself to someone who's been podcasting five or six years. It's mm. not fair. Mm. In the same way, I can't compare myself to a speaker who's been working 10 years. Yes. It's not fair. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've no right to compare myself to them because yeah. they've put all this work in. Yeah. You know, and you have to so you have to baseline it with where you were yes. when you started this to where you are now. Exactly. And I guarantee you, it probably is, you probably move faster than they did. You maybe, probably progress yeah. much faster, but you're you're looking at the end product. It's yeah, but end. maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. It does. It's irrelevant. You're right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. like, I have a bad habit of instead of putting the work in that I know I could be putting in, yeah, yeah. I do spend a bit of time wishing that I was further along. Not yeah. necessarily with podcasting, but with my you know training, with my nutrition, with you know anything in my life. And I have to catch myself in that dynamic as well. Mm. Why the fuck am I spending, <laughs> yeah. expending this energy mm. in that headspace mm. when I could have had two, three blogs written, yeah. when I could have reached out to 20 more people for this podcast, yeah. Yeah. when I could have done X, Y, and Z for my fiance, for my family, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, So that's something that I'm working on I am as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it it is. We get so focused on what other people are doing, and it's it's not. It's not about them. You've got work to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it. If you focus on the work, you would get that end product much quicker. You know, and everyone, all these the trend of entrepreneurs and Gary Vee and all these different people, they say the same. It's the same message. He's just he's just completely in my head when we're talking about this now. His latest post today. Sorry, sorry, listeners. It's Gary Vaynerchuk. (laughs) We're talking about. I'm sure you're all aware of him. But he said most people spend seventy percent of their time on Mm. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Instead of spending that energy on actually working towards the goal that Mm. they want mm-hmm. and when he says 70% of time of bullshit most of that is complaining that they don't have it yeah the other percentage is just idly on watching telly or mm-hmm. on social media mm-hmm. just fecking about you mm-hmm. know it is and I am one of those people mm-hmm. sometimes yeah do you know so what I'm working on now is limiting or yeah. reducing that percentage from 70 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and that's but that's it you can't bring it from 70 to zero no. it is it is chipping away at it and yeah. that's that's me as life in general about personal development or whatever your goals are it's not about making radical change it's about chipping away at change and chipping away at a new career yeah. chipping away at projects you know that's what I've got three different things going and I'm yeah. just I, I know I can't get everything done but if I can spend 30 minutes I had a client in for a while and she, you know she um, she wanted to lose weight now I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that or you know that's not my thing but we were looking at these roadblocks that are stopping her from actually doing these things okay. but it was, it was her attitude she would like she'd have a plan for the week and then Monday would come and she'd be knackered tired she'd come home and she'd have a glass of wine and then she'd say what's the point now you know, I mean, what's the point in doing that now? Should the week's Complete gone? Catastrophe. Whereas, and I said, but what happens if you just went out for a 30 minute walk or you just did 10 push ups on the ground or 10 sit ups? Like, is that 10 push up not better than doing nothing? You yeah. know, and it's just chipping away all the time. Yeah. Now, there's other people who are uber focused. 
who just shut everything out and they just run to hone in on one piece of work and they get it done. That's not me. Yeah. I wish I was that way, but I'm not that way. Yeah. So me, I just I grab 30 minutes here, 20 yeah. minutes there, an hour here, and I just plug away at something. Yeah. And then eventually it happens. Like, like there's no real secret to no, it. No, it's not. It's all common sense. A lot but of having said that, it's hard sometimes. To me, I get know, overwhelmed though. I don't I know about you. It's not the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I was literally uh, about to say that. When mm. I'm overwhelmed, mm. I will eat emotionally, mm. for example. Or yeah. I will I will I will be that seventy percent guy yeah. that uh Gary is talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because I need to let that overwhelmed feeling pass. Mm. What's it like for you when you do get overwhelmed? It's more mental than, than an emotional thing for me but I just I can't see clearly and I, I'm kind of like I'm a big fan of lists I, I show you probably are as well oh, yeah. and I mean a lot of people they love wrists and uh, lists and it is that and wrists trying to, and wrists as well <laughs> but but just structuring um, I have to have some kind of structure in my head mm. you know in terms of what I'm going to do and even that then but you can get caught up in lists as well like you know yeah. but I just have to simply for me it's day for day what am I doing today what do I need to do today yeah. and then I'll, and, and then what do we need and then you look at the bigger picture but the moment you look a bigger picture of the year mm. but it's day to day is where it matters because day to day is where you face your challenges yeah. is when someone is up asking you to do something mm. when, well today is I've got this to do you know and it, yeah. it is very difficult to say people to tell people to go away yeah. or look I'm sorry but I have to work on this at the moment like mm. you know but it's just managing it you know, it's time management and also yeah. managing your emotions around yeah. the time management, yeah. which can be quite challenging for yeah. people and it's, it's just finding some kind of clarity but you have to know why you're doing it no, you have to know why you're doing anything, you know, because otherwise you you will lose touch with it, you know. Mm. And I mean, I've crystal clear vision about what I'm doing now, and never in my life have I felt so focused about something. And, and I keep telling to my girlfriend, "This is gonna take off." I'm telling you now, babe, this is gonna be, this is really gonna work out. Yeah. This will be my life full time eventually. Like yeah. I know that this is what I'm gonna do. I'm not quite there now, yeah. but I don't need to be there now. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we talk about happiness and what makes people happy, you know, and, and it's relative to you. But for me, it's progress. As long as I get a sense that I'm moving towards something mm. and I'm getting there a little bit, I'm happy. Yeah. If I was stuck, if I just, if there was something in my way, whether it was a relationship or a, or a physical problem or something, yeah. that's what bugs the crap out of me. Like, Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I, I can totally relate to that in terms of happiness, wellness. I know I can physically feel mm. my wellness increasing when I'm being productive mm. do you know what I mean it generates energy creates energy yeah yeah exactly mm. it goes, energy flows where attention goes all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. You nice cliche it's beautiful <laughs> and I love that phrase I really love that phrase but the more productive I am mm. the, the weller yeah. I am mm. and like you were saying energy begets energy so it's mm. like I think Tony Robbins said this one time he calls it no extra time mm. and net time mm. And he talks about, okay, I'm just going to go in to my office and make a phone call. Mm. Okay, I'll make one more phone call. Mm. Okay, fine, I'll do the... And he ends up making 30 phone calls. Sure. That was his example, you yeah, know. Yeah. But for me, it would be... And Fred Cook gave me this advice when he was talking about getting writer's block or, yeah. you know, kind of... Because he spends a lot of his time creating sure. comedy, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he said, Dan, you just got to sit down and write the first sentence. Mm. Yeah. so for me at that time it might have been a blog or yeah. a post for my page or mm -hmm. you know myself and my fiance are working on dankyowellnessproject.com at the yeah, moment and she's yeah. pushing me and pushing me yeah, to yeah. and I'm, res I'm resistant to it mm. you know and I said to her the other day I'm scared yeah. I'm scared of launching the website yeah. you know what that's just the way it is so I'm trying to remove that yeah. from that dynamic yeah. but I think it's really great advice that Fred gave about writing the first sentence yeah. of something 
Because you can apply that to anything that's challenging. Yeah, and it is that first step. It is, and and again, no, people don't even know what that first step is. But it's 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 just taking the first step. I had a client actually for a while, and he he was an accountant, and he um he didn't like his job at all, and his passion was music. You know, he loved music, and he wanted to get involved, but he didn't know how to get involved. And well, I said, would you not talk to bands? Yeah, got to talk to sound engineers. Go into Waltons in town, talk Mm. to them. Just ask people what 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 how do you get involved in this? Like, what did you do? And that's the first step for him. Mm. And then he made real jumps he's signed up for like a course how to make guitars and he signed up as a sound engineer course in Ballyferm but, but to tell you what was holding him back was his, his parents because you know this is a guy in his 30s and like his, his you know he had a really secure job and his parents they love him and they worry about it but and they were comfortable with him making such a radical change and yeah. His father particularly had said to him, you know, you're, you're, you're living a fantasy here, son. Like, you know, you're looking for this fantasy 2%. Only 2% have this. Mm. You know, you're, you're like the other 98%. And that actually drove him to, to, to try and make more change. And I want to that 2%. I think it's more than 2%. I, I want Exactly. And I think people who are listening to this podcast want that 2% as well. Oh, they definitely but, do. But we're held back by different things. And, you know, his father loves him. He wasn't intentionally trying to hold him back. But they were worried but he about was him. Holding him back. He was, but he he wasn't. He wasn't. You know, he loves him and he wants. You know, he wants to have a, a secure job. He doesn't like the thoughts of someone being unemployed and struggling and all the rest. Like, but you know, and that's that's the previous generations. They did have that fear around yeah. around money, about around security, yeah. and we inherit that. But, but we have choices now as adults. We can yeah. pursue to uninherit these fears and start to make our own decisions about our own life I love that uninherit your fears guys but that's a key developmental stage like we have to sometimes stand up to our parents and we have to pull away Mm. you know and that's and even in a loving family, you know, it's not, and it's not necessarily a big adversarial situation, but to pull back to be ourself. We mm. can't live our lives in, uh, you know, completely um, shadowed by our parents or yeah. enmeshed by them. We have to be our own person. I'm looking at Dan Kyo. I'm not looking at Dan Kyo's mother and father. Yeah. You mean, I see you Although as a my person. my dad was here. He's been, he looks like it, is he? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, but we have to be yeah. our, our own self. We can't live our life around these people anymore. Of course, they're going to be part of our life. We love them and we worry about them and we want to make sure they're okay. Mm. But as we have a separate identity that is mm. unique to us, and we have to find that. And sometimes we we do have to pull back. And and especially in times when there is conflict, you know, and and mm. you disagree, there's a difference in, in, in agreement and opinions, which is born out of a disagreement in needs. They need something from you, yeah. but you need something from them. That's where conflict arises. You know, so that's that's quite mm. that's. That's brilliant. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that a little bit then. Yeah. So whether it's we're talking about parent-child relationship, but, but every relationship, relationship, every relationship. So a disagreement between two individuals yeah. is a disagreement or a mismatch of their needs. It could very well see. I need this from you, and and I need this from you. But mm. we, but it's all about language and communication style. And first of all, it's understanding why we need this. You know, the, the previous generations, you know, they had experienced unemployment and recession. That's why money is such a big thing for them. And they worry about, you know, they probably went through hardship. So they worry about their kids mm. experiencing hardship. Whereas our generation, even though there was some recessionary times later on, we were okay. Our parents, we, we got through life. I'm not saying it was easy, but we were okay. Yeah. The, what our generation craves now is freedom. You know, but we, we see freedom because we have access to social media and we see yeah. the opportunities that are out there. We want those opportunities. We want all these different experiences. They didn't have that. So their values are, are different. But it is that conflict. And it's finding a way to meet in the 
middle yeah. in any relationship. You know, and you have to understand, it's important to understand any relationship in your life, you need to know where they come from and, and what has happened in their life to understand, okay, that's why they are the way they are. Yeah. So how do I give them peace of mind? How do I let them know that you don't need to worry? And I've, I've got this, like, you know what I mean? I can look after me and mm. I, I worry more about me than you, so you don't need to be worrying about me. And, and then, but also they need to see the byproduct of your freedom, that this is this is what you're doing with your freedom. You know, you're creating something. I'm lucky, I, with Toxic Escape, especially with my mom, she gets to see what I'm doing and she's delighted now. She can see, oh, this great. is why Carl is investing all his time and energy into this mm. and I'm getting that positive feedback. Yeah. So she would give me all the freedom in the world to keep going at this because she sees how people are reacting to it. But if your parents don't see that, mm. you mean, like for example, the, the, the client, um, his father was holding him back. Yeah. His father had no interest in music or the music industry. He couldn't see what that career path looks like. Yeah. Everyone gets an idea about what accountancy looks like, so it made sense to him. Yeah. And he, but he, he doesn't. He, so he can't see what's what else is out there, you know. And it's not his fault, you know. No. It's not a criticism of him, but it's about just broadening their own knowledge and letting them know that look, you don't need to worry and mm -hmm. giving them peace of mind and and respecting that that's their need. Yeah. But also asking that this is what I need from you, right? And ultimately, you know, and ultimately owning your own needs. Yeah, yeah. Which can but be a challenge. It, it can be. You need to know what your needs are. Well, there's mm -hmm. so we could roll it back even further. Yeah. I think certainly from my own personal experience, I didn't know what it was that yeah. I needed. So yeah. that was the block. Not yeah. so that I wasn't owning them. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of what they were. Mm. I'm getting clarity here. I'm mm. not a crystallized uh, vision mm. the way you are, Carl. But I find that very inspiring, and it's something that I, mm. I am working towards. Yeah. And the way I see Dankyo Wellness Project developing is offering the services of a psychotherapist yeah. under that also life coaching the of way course, you do in yeah, toxic yeah. escape relationship coaching all that mm. stuff and um i'm just so inspired by what you're mm. doing at the moment but it, it, again it's such an amazing time at the moment like there's so many people who are blogging and vlogging mm. and there's so many celebrities coming out and talking about it and it's it's an interesting time at the moment you know and, yes. and especially within organizations they're, they're really embracing it now how they're embracing it varies so much like you know I know mindfulness is a huge thing at the moment mm. and I see a lot of organisations are bringing mindfulness teachers which is great yes. which is important but it's not the only thing they need to be doing mm. it's a it's a component of mental health okay. it's not the only component of mental health no. you know and it's important to look at the bigger picture that's why some of the companies that I work with what they're actually honing in is the relationship piece yeah. um, and because I personally think the biggest stressor in life is relationships and the biggest thing that holds people back and some of the organisations I'm working with you know their, their, their employees are very stressed now, it could be relationships within work sure. but very often it's relationships at home okay. maybe with a partner with the kids or family or everything else mm. and they're bringing it into work so they're trying to f teach their employees ways of coping with it and staying grounded and being aware of what's going on mm. and, and de-stressing in a way which is a healthy way you yeah. know but a big thing it's all about communication you know and okay. and you know, our communication. So again, we learn at home. We learn. You see people who are constantly being critical, but in in many cases, people mistake criticism for education. Mm. You know, and they think that they're educating a person by 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 picking on all the little mistakes, and really they're just just annoying them. You know, they're not educating yeah, them at all. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, but it's and it's changing the subtleties of your language. Yeah. Just say, you know, look, baby, you're, I know you're doing your best, but you know, maybe you might try this and might try yeah. that. And same way, if someone said to me, look, I like, I know you're you're trying your best here, but maybe try this and try <laughs> that. And it's just ways of just you know expressing your needs in a way which are. Just a way that, you know, it's, it's, it's two ways. You turn into each other or you turn away. Mm -hmm. You know, and people make decisions and they often turn away. Even if, you know, I was reading um, 
John Gottman is a, is a psychologist based in, in New York and he does a lot of research around relationships and he was talking about, let's say you were having a bad day and you know, you said it to your girlfriend yeah. and, and, and she's like, oh, look, you know, I'm really late, I'll talk, I will talk about it later and she, and, and she runs out the door, like, you know, whereas she could have said, look, I'm, I'm God, you know, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, okay, look, I, I'm in a hurry, but are you okay now? Like, you know, can we talk about it later? And that's, that's they're two, it, different, they're two different ways of reacting to the situation. And it's just a, a way of constantly turning into each other and not turning away, you know? I love that as well. Mm, it's good, isn't it? That's like, good stuff, man. John Gottman, you check out his stuff. He's very good, like, you know. Because yeah. a lot of people, when they look for relationship advice, they go to men are from Mars and women are from Venus, I think it is. Whereas he, this guy has done a huge amount of research, you know, with, with thousands of couples. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, he's able to use that research to give practical advice. It's not just... So that, is that his biggest nugget, like, oh, turn, no, he's, in, he's, turn into each other? No, but that, he, that seems like a really basic, yeah. but so effective way. Yeah. But what about when frustration is there? Of course, he tell you, he, he came up How with this concept. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's managing your emotions. It's it's managing that one moment and 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 controlling your reactions because we're all gonna feel frustrated yeah. and get angry. And there's gonna be days where you just feel like running out the door and slamming it, <laughs> you know. Um, and that's not a good way to do it. But it's knowing that okay, right. I'm not having this conversation now and you walk out but you have to know to come back to the relationship or the, the conversation yes. you have to have that conversation maybe not if you're just so frustrated but the thing about communication especially with couples is that you have to create an environment where it happens you know okay, and yeah. the problem is Say media about that, will you? About TV is on you come home you have, you're have you in work all day two come home you're sitting there having your dinner the TV's on that's not gonna, that's not an environment where you you're gonna, you know, talk. So actually, the physical environment you're talking exactly about. big time. I mean, now even my girlfriend, I will do. She'll she'll come up on Friday and the TV's off, and you know she's pushing this more than me because I'm brutal. And we're sitting at the table. And we'll have dinner together yeah. and we'll talk. Yeah. And it's creating a, a, an environment where talking is. We're always talking to each other, like you know. But you just fall into these habits, and you know, you social media and the phone. How many restaurants have you gone to with your girlfriend, and you've seen a couple across the table, and they're both on their phones? Well, I didn't notice it because we were on our phones. There you go. I'm joking. I'm joking, Kara. I'm completely joking. But it we're pretty so good at not like, doing that when yeah. we go out for dinner. But yes, I certainly see it so much. Yeah. What are you? What are they avoiding? What do they need in in the phone that's not there in front of each other? Like you know, one thing that John Gottman yes. came up one concept is the relationship bank, and it's an interesting concept. And what it, it basically it, it's an emotional bank. And it's basically, you have to constantly make lodgements. And it's all little exchanges. It's, it's someone saying, look, will you make me a cup of tea? Yeah, of course I will. Or, you know, my back is killing me. Will you, will you rub my shoulders? Of course I will. Or will you, will you make the dinner line? Of course I will. And you constantly make lodgements, little lodgements. I love you. You know, I think you're great. Yeah. You did a great work. So when, when, when mm. there is conflict, when there's rows, which there will be, you, you know that there's money in the bank. You know, because you've, you're both constantly making lodgements. But relationships fall apart when there's nothing in the bank anymore. That's when people stop contributing. Or one person realizes, I'm the only one making all these lodgements and this person isn't. So all these little exchanges, little remarks, positive yeah. statements, anything yeah. else, you're constantly adding to this bank until eventually when you have to make a big withdrawal, it's okay because <laughs> you know that. You know, and the, but the will, life will present a situation where there is a... That's fantastic. It and again, this is something that's relevant to all yeah. relationships. Yeah, it's not yeah. just your no, partner no. relationship. It's like, every relationship. you're talking there and I'm thinking about all of the relationships yeah. that I have that mm. I need to make a few more lodgements. Of course, yeah. I need yeah, to I do. do that. But we prioritise specific relationships, you know, and, and that's, a lot of it is to do with who's in our life now. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you, you will have friends that you don't see, you love them and you probably don't see 
see them as much as you used to. Mm. And that's okay, like, you know what I mean? That's especially with blokes. Blokes tend to um yeah. lose touch. You know, I and I see my friends as well who might be listening to this. I haven't seen them in ages. Mm. I'm always thinking about them, I love them, I just don't get to see them. Yeah. And that's okay. And and you will invest more time with the people who, who you physically need right now. Yeah. But it is important to pay attention to all your relationships and yeah. especially in a work environment, people don't. They, they sometimes take it for granted in any relationship, you know, yeah. anywhere. People take things for granted. They don't and it is you hear this idea of gratitude is everything mm. it kind of is though you know it is. and I hear people saying like oh I'm very grateful but then I watch them and they don't behave as someone who is grateful mm. you know and gratitude is every small little thing that has happened to you that in that day you wake up and you get into the car and the car started and thank god my car started isn't that great mm. it took me 20 minutes to get into work isn't that great there was no traffic mm. little things I got into work safe yeah. I had I, I, there was a rail but we got through it great you know yeah. there's all these little things alchemy it that's, is it's turning it all Thing, turning mm. these I mean, all the stuff you mentioned there mm. were great things mm. yeah gratitude is everything mm. and it does go back to that yeah. thing about alchemy that you mentioned about turning mm-hmm. the shit into the gold mm. was that your knowledge? that's the word yeah <laughs> guys make lodgements into your relationship bank mm. I am learning Carl's blowing my face off here unbelievable <laughs> stuff man God, I, I wish other people reacted as well as you, Dan, but thank you very much. They will, and look, man, <laughs> this is what it's all about. Me yeah. and you met and are mm. in my sitting room now, eating a beautiful non-chocolate chocolate cake, drinking tea. Which isn't as bad as it sounds. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. Look, my plate is empty. Oh, um, see, I've actually, see, I eat mine every day, so that's why I'm not finishing. Yeah, you just take it easy. <laughs> no, but I think what we're talking about here is the essence of wellness. Mm. And that is mm-hmm. awareness, knowing yourself, catching yourself before reactions. Yeah. And we have gone a lot deeper than I would normally go in this mm-hmm. podcast because you are a psychotherapist, mm-hmm. I'm a psychotherapist in training. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for mm-hmm. that because the beauty of this podcast, in my humble opinion, is that lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds, everybody has an opinion yeah. on what it is they do to be happier. Mm-hmm. Everybody who has come on is interested in maybe giving a bit of you know, not an advice, but given tidbits from their life mm. that after every single episode I've released so far, yeah. so one person at least has come back to me and said, I really loved what that person yeah. said there or here. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. You know, and that's all it is. And it's, it's funny. I put videos out mm. and you know, I, I might even get a like, do you know what I mean? Like, but but it's not about that. It's mm. not about anything other than maybe one person will watch it and maybe one person appreciates yeah. it. And even someone said to me recently, I know you don't. It doesn't seem like many people watch your stuff, but but some You'd be do. surprised. You would be surprised. You know, and yeah. we were talking about having stuff and kind of putting it out into mm. the into Creating the cyber but that's it but it's putting it out there and it's, it's gone it's in the internet and, and it belongs to other people it doesn't belong to you your mm. podcast as soon as you put it out belongs to other people and you will just hope that people will, will take it and use it for their own game for something yeah. that they might get from it and it could be a year down the road could be three years before mm. someone watches the podcast at the right time for yeah. them yeah. you know and, and maybe now isn't the right time it could be two or three years yeah you know? exactly and, and it, it's actually it's funny you should say that uh, Carl because many times someone has sent a message through my sister yeah. or through my fiance or yeah. through my mom oh I listened to that one really loved it yeah and I only hear about it that way. Yeah. You know, so. And is that we, we need to, I'm saying I get the audience through family that such and such. And, but what I get now is a lot of examples. They're all, well, I know such and such. And I know such and such. And, 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 and which is great, you know, but they're they're starting to share their own experiences around some element of dysfunction, especially in their relationships, okay. you know. And it's so prevalent 
You know, I yeah. think everybody has somewhere in their life or a relationship in their life which isn't working. Mm. The depth of that uh, dysfunction is, yeah. is relative and some people are lucky to go through life and it's it could be a colleague in work, it could be a friend who isn't that close, then it gets a little bit deeper, it could be a friend you're friends with all your life, it mm. gets a little bit deeper, it could be family. Yeah. You know, and that's the difficult one. Family one is, is the toughest one, you know. Yeah. And that's, that, out that's the way you see your work going, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what you're going to be specialized, or you are specializing Well, in. it is. I mean, mental health is mental health. You know, you have to understand the whole fundamentals of mental health. Yeah. I study neuroscience, I study as much as I can yeah. because I have to yeah. help the people in front of me. And it's not exactly. always, it, not everything is family. You know no. what I mean? Like, it, or you have clients who suffer depression, they've brought up in lovely families, like, you know. Mm. So there could be elements of, of uh, genetic inheritance, which is a big part of it. Now, yeah. there's not much I can do with that but we can help them understand that exactly. it could be faulty thinking yeah. it could be lifestyle yeah. it could be anything it could be just their circle of friends at the moment are bringing them down or they're just in a relationship with someone that, that you know their partner yeah. may not be the right but person. your openness your mm. openness as like a, as a psychotherapist to your continuous professional development mm. and bringing in yeah. so much more learning means mm. that it doesn't really matter what someone presents no, with what the presenting issue is no. because you will find a way with them to help them, yeah, to facilitate mm -hmm. them doing the work, obviously, That's it. because yeah. and you being the person you are and helping that, they should be doing most of the talk, mm. really. You know, if I'm talking too much, then then I'm doing too much work. Yeah. Now I'm working all the way through, and this is the, the one thing you I, I find when I, people talk about psychotherapy, but I've never been. Sure, all they do is sit there and listen. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I guarantee it's a lot more than that. We're working all the way through to really understand and empathize what's happening and really what's going on in their life and, and trying to join all the dots. You're a bit like Columbo, <laughs> you know, you become a bit of a detective, like, you know, yeah. someone said this to me the weekend, we're a detective with no crime, <laughs> you know, we're just constantly trying to make sense of everything for them, like, and help them uh, make sense of it, you know. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, I have one more question. Sure. And it's, I normally ask it at the start, but okay. I was just so eager to delve into toxic escape okay and the chocolate cake um what does wellness mean to you carl yeah it's difficult isn't it and it's 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 i would have traditionally i would have thought physical wellness um but it's more than that it transcends more than that to me it means it, it does mean freedom and freedom to do what you want to do freedom to make the right choices for you mm. the freedom to you know freedom from emotional distress mm. so you can't just eat what your body needs or, or freedom from fear so you're not afraid to go to the gym and train mm. or you want to walk into a crossfit gym or anywhere else but you're afraid that you what you can't do it mm. you know it's, it's the fear that keeps you trapped it's the anxiety that keeps you trapped freedom from you know anxiety or anything that's keeping you in a relationship which just isn't working for you and it may not necessarily be anger or any kind of um abuse or anything like that it's just you're just not with the right person like you know yeah. and you know that I, i'm i'm a healthier person if i was away from this and they probably be healthier as well yeah so wellness means freedom to me yeah as much as and i mean I, of course we were so we've so many components to us we have a physical component mm. we have a mental component but we also have a consciousness and we have a personality and, and, we, <laughs> and we have needs we're all of these things and it's bringing it all together into a collective yeah person yeah. That is unique because there's nobody, anyone who's listened to this is unique. Mm -hmm. Everybody is unique. Genetically, we're all completely different. No two people are the same. Yeah. But it's embracing that and being comfortable with that yeah. and, and saying, you know, I don't need other people Beautiful. to approve or, or anything else. I feel that. that, that mm. That's, um, you said at the start of your answer, you said it's hard. Mm. But it didn't sound hard when you actually got into it. Mm. And it is freedom. Mm. I completely agree with that. Mm. 
it's freedom to choose mm-hmm. what it is that you want to do. Yeah. And I loved that idea of freedom from emotional distress. Yeah. You know, and we all have anxiety and fears and everything else, you yeah. know, you have to get on with a life. And it's a process and mm, we'll just keep going. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if somebody does want to avail of mm. your services, sure. how, what's the best place for them to go? Um, well, they can go onto the website. It's toxicescape.com. Um, they can ring Aspen Council as well. And I don't and have Lucan. the number. Lucan Village, I don't have the number, but if they, they Google it, they will, they'll get the number quite quickly. Yeah. You know, I'm there even so that they mm. can, we can organize a session. But but feel free to go to the website and even just shoot me an email. You know, um, another thing I'm working on at the moment, and I'm going to just get a very quick plug of it. Mm. I'm la- launching a series of webinars probably the end of the year, and it's geared towards people who are in relationships which just aren't working. Mm. And it is about just understanding the dynamics of their relationships, understanding what they need from it but in terms of not in general terms in specific terms for them you know we say a need we say the word freedom but that in in the reality it's experiences where people held us back so it's about that and it's about um change your communication style and finding different ways of expressing yourself and also making lodgements into their relationship bank. so for the, for the people who are here at lodgements i can't i just can't wait to finish this up so i can make a lodgement because i'm overdue <laughs> <laughs> i'm overdraft um for the people who don't know what a webinar is, could you okay. explain how that works? Yeah, I, um, this is the first time I've launched it, so I'm learning myself what it is. But yeah. it's essentially, it's, it's it's kind of like I'll be teaching, it'll be a PowerPoint presentation online, okay. but I'll be talking through it. Um, I'll just walk through the slides, but I'll be presenting the information. It's almost like going to a seminar, yeah. only it's a webinar, it's online. Yeah. Um, the so way through I'll YouTube, do, is it, or through no, Facebook? No, I'll do it, I'm, I'm picking a platform at the moment, okay. but it'll be on, it'll be hosted on a specific website. But yeah. the way I'll do it, it'll probably each webinar will be about an hour and a half. But I want a QA session at the end of it because people have so many questions. Yes. And it'll probably be a four-parter. It might even be, it'll be four-parter anyway for definite. Mm. And the last 30 minutes will be questions because Great. I can talk all I like, but people have specific questions about their own relationships. And I, I want to give people that opportunity to. Uh, Great stuff. Well, toxicescape.com. You can also find Carl on Toxic Escape on his Facebook page where he posts up brilliant youtube videos about certain things that he is going through certain bits of advice that he has based on his experience as a psychotherapist if you do want to reach out to him go to toxicscape.com and you can get him on an email through there if you want to talk to me it's Project at gmail.com or obviously you can contact me through my facebook page Project. guys thanks a million for listening to episode 23 of the podcast i am so energized and happy and weller after recording all of these podcasts but particularly this one today has really given me lots of inspiration because i am on my own path to being a psychotherapist and if i'm half the man this dude is i'll be doing well so carl thanks a million for no, your time thank you dan thanks a million great to meet you you too dude